iRadio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for tuning in to iRadio OUM. The segment right now is cross-culture management. And today, we'll explore the role of culture in management. Now, all cultures of the world, despite their many differences, of course, one culture is different from another, actually is very similar to each other as well in terms of having a number of common issues and also sharing a number of common characteristics. Now, even if you casually look at, you know, uh, an introductory book uh, in cultural anthropology, for instance, yeah, we'll see that there are many societies around the globe, each with its own unique culture. Now, although when we try to pin down the number of cultures that exist in the world today, it, it, it basically boils down to how culture is defined. Now, that being said, anthropologists approximate that there are 850 separate and distinct cultures in the continent of Africa alone. So you can see that there's a large amount of cultural variability in a certain region even. So this importance is even greater, is even more important than the number of cultures around the world. Okay, And the great number of differences between culture just shows us how flexible and adaptable humans are in in relation with each other so for each culture has arrived at different solutions to most of the universal human problems that face all societies so when we talk about facing the different cultures around the world there's a natural tendency to become slightly overwhelmed by the magnitude of differences perhaps yeah and sometimes we overlook what we have in common and even anthropologists uh, makes this mistake yeah even anthropologists when describing their people they tend to emphasize the uniqueness of each culture okay and they only rarely look at the similarities between these cultures. But all societies, if they are to survive, are actually confronted with a fundamental universal needs that you have to satisfy. There's no two ways about it. And when cultures develop ways of meeting those needs, general cultural uh, characteristics actually emerge. We can see the, the commonalities here. And at a very concrete level, the differences in the details of cultural patterns actually exist because different societies have developed different ways of meeting these universal societal needs. Yet, a higher level of abstraction, a number of commonalities exist because all cultures have actually worked out solutions to certain problems facing all human populations. And that's what we'll explore today. We'll take a look at culture in relation with management. So bear with me, stay tuned, and I'll come back after the break only on iRadio OUM. iRadio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to the cross-culture cross-culture management segment. Okay, Now you're tuning to me, DJ Hanim, and today I'm sharing with you, I'm exploring with you the role of culture in management. Earlier on, I've given you... Uh, 
a broad view of uh, an overview of culture how although it is different from one another although each culture is unique there's actually a lot of common grounds between cultures now let's take a look at this quote by professor gert hofstede now professor gert hofstede is actually one of the leading expert in the world of cross culture management yeah uh, according to professor gert hofstede yeah one of the most important rules to remember when working within a multinational organization is that there is not necessarily one right way of doing things now the thing is this is very very true because in different cultures sometimes we approach things differently the same problems but different culture approach it differently and of course when we talk about uh, you know the the day day and age uh, this ICT day and age yeah, with developing globalization of businesses actually the ability of employees to work effectively together across borders has become increasingly crucial to the success of a business so cross cultural understanding by individuals and organizations as a whole serves to eliminate misunderstandings that could harm the business and actually maximize the best attributes each culture has to offer okay and again it boils down to us remembering that although each cultures are different yeah although my culture is different than your culture perhaps but the thing is at the end of the day there are certain commonalities that we can actually work together with now when we talk about effective uh, international business or multinational corporations they are actually those with the wisdom to seek competitive edge through intercultural training through working around the differences yeah through making the most of our differences so what happens is that these effective multinational corporations multinational organization can gain insightful understanding of their global markets and of course it will mobilize the motivation triggers of their staff now of course we know that from different cultures we are motivated by different things some cultures are uh, perhaps you know they they do it out of integrity perhaps yeah uh, some culture are you know a more economic driven socio economic driven so uh, some culture are more uh, likely to just you know be happy with the status quo for instance so these are the things that can actually you know uh, propel the company forward now when we talk about uh, understanding culture you know intercultural training when uh, the lack of understanding the local culture might create problems for companies operating in countries other than their own and it doesn't matter how big these companies may be if they ignore the cultural aspects in the international operations they are actually putting themselves at their own risk cultural differences and the unique and different ways of lives that actually uh, accompany them makes it necessary for managers to develop international expertise especially those expertise those skills that enable them to successfully manage according to the different environments of the countries in which they operate and this dynamic environment consists of the political socio-cultural economic legal and technological factors that influence the strategy functions and processes of any international business so you you now you can see a clearer picture uh, the relationship between culture and management let me take a small break i'll come back with more after the break don't go anywhere i asked her to stay 
Radio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for tuning in to iRadio OUM. You're still tuned in to the cross-culture management segment with me, DJ Hanim. Okay, now when we talk about culture, the role of culture in management, the relationship between culture and management, we're also talking about, you know, perhaps multinational corporations that does not uh, operate in their home ground, you know, or perhaps even in Malaysia with different ethnic groups working together. So when we talk about, you know, cross-cultural management, we know that a crucial and important skill that the manager, that the business leaders must have is actually a working knowledge of the cultural variables that could uh, perhaps influence their decisions, their managerial decisions. In other words, the managers, the leaders, yeah, the CEOs have to be culturally sensitive and they need to have a healthy respect for another individual's culture. And this is what cross-cultural literacy is all about. An understanding of how cultural differences across and within nations can affect the way uh, in which a business is practiced. Now, what happens if a manager or if a business leader, the CEO perhaps, yeah, is insensitive, uh, culturally insensitive? Well, the cultural insensitivity of managers who perhaps underestimate the significance of cultural factors can lead the business, not not only the, the managers themselves, yeah, it can even lead the business to failure. And cultural sensitivity requires the managers to be able to understand the perspectives of those living in other different societies and the willingness to practice cultural empathy and in other words you are trying to put yourself in another person's shoes and of course when we talk about international managers they can benefit greatly from understanding the nature the dimensions the variable the variables sorry that constitute a country's culture and how these actually affect the work and organizational process and when this 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 cultural awareness is there the managers will be able to develop appropriate policies and functions for planning, leading, controlling and organizing in an international setting. And it's all about understanding your people. It's all about, you know, uh, knowing what's best for them. And this, this adaptation process is very, very important for the manager, for the leader to realistically and successfully formulate and impact implement organizational objectives as well as strategies and of course this cultural adaptation greatly contributes to an increase in the workforce diversity around the globe like i mentioned earlier the the quote from professor gert hofstede okay there's no uh, the most important rule to remember when working within a multinational company multinational organization that there is not necessarily one right way of doing things perhaps you know this solution is working just fine in the uk but when you go to africa you know perhaps um zimbabwe or someplace you know this is not the best way you have to do it differently and it does not necessarily mean that the zimbabwe way is wrong it does not mean that the uk way is wrong it's just different ways of doing the same things okay let me take a small break i'll come back with cultural intelligence what is cultural intelligence do you have cultural intelligence if you want to know more stay tuned 
Radio OU, I'm roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to Radio OU. I'm reaching into me, DJ Hanim, in today's installment of Cross Culture Management. Okay, today I'm sharing with you about the relationship between culture and management, the role of culture in management. Now, before the break, I mentioned a term, cultural intelligence. Now, I'm sure most of you, everyone, in fact, I'm sure, have heard of IQ. This is our. This is a measure for our ability to reason, and as more recently, we are more aware or we've become familiar with EQ or emotional intelligence. We know that this is how we perhaps deal with our emotions and how we interact. You know, social quotient as well. There's also SQ, okay, which which is your social intelligence or social quotient, and of course, there's this new term. Cultural intelligence or CQ, and this is a new idea, novel idea that basically builds on these earlier concepts, and it basically incorporates the capability of a person to interact effectively across cultures. Now, cultural intelligence refers to a person's capability to adapt effectively to new cultural contexts. This is from.、Um, Christopher Early and Sun Ang in the textbook Cultural Intelligence and Individual Interactions Across Cultures, and of course, you know, just just hearing the 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 definition, cultural intelligence refers to a person's capability to adapt effectively to a new cultural context. We can see that this is, of course, the crux, the very core of cross-cultural management. Now, how can you develop? CQ though, well there are actually different steps to、uh, develop CQ. First, are being through cognitive means, okay, meaning you learn about your own and other cultures as well, as well as the cultural diversity, and then there's physical means, yeah, where you use your senses and adapt your movements and body language to blend in. Yes, sometimes body language is part of the culture itself. You know,、uh, you've read, you've probably read, some of you've probably read. You know, in some cultures. In some parts of the world,、uh, shaking your head left and right means yes, you know, and and nodding your head up and down means no. So it's it's different cultures have different definitions of different body language and so on. And of course, another way to develop CQ is through motivational means, where you gain rewards or give rewards and gain strength from acceptance and success. And actually, CQ is measurable and it's measured on a scale, and it's actually. Similar to that, to the scale that is being used to value or to measure the individual's intelligence quotient, and people who have higher CQ or、uh, cultural intelligence are regarded as better to successfully blend into any environment, using more effective business practices than those with a lower CQ. And、uh, the the people who came up with cultural intelligence, yeah, one of the person who came up with the with the term cultural intelligence, with the idea of cultural intelligence, Sun Ang, actually worked together with Lin Van Dyne to validate the cultural intelligence scales. And of course,、uh, if you want to know more about this, you can go to this website www.culturalq.com. Where you can actually、uh, go through the various assessments that can that is actually based on this scale that can show you your cultural intelligence. Okay, so of course you can see why this is very very important in cross culture management, cultural 
intelligence. Okay, let me take a small break. I'll come back with more on cross-culture management, the role of culture in management. Stay tuned to iRadio OUM. OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning into our radio OUM in the cross culture management segment. Okay, before the break, I shared with you about cultural intelligence, which is basically uh, a person's capability to adapt effectively to a new cultural context. Okay, now what happens if this is not in place? What happens if the business leader or the manager does not have cultural intelligence? Now, the effects on culture, on specific management functions are particularly noticeable when we when the managers yeah attempt to impose their own values their own beliefs on those from another society in other words when the manager does not is not able to adapt effectively to a new cultural context now uh, let me give you an example an american manager perhaps yeah uh, of course they will plan activities schedule them and then they judge their timely completion based on the belief that people influence and control the future rather than assuming that you know what it's all God's will so to speak you know as some managers in 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 a more religious countries would probably believe okay and many people in the world understand and relate to others only in terms of their own culture and this is this unconscious reference point of one's own cultural values is called a self reference criterion okay and of course this is this is something almost um automatic for most of us okay and for all of us so uh, when we talk about adapting that is the new skills that we need to have that we need to develop when we deal with different cultures now and in national manager as a first step in cultural sensitivity have to understand his or her own culture first and the thing is this awareness helps guard them against adopting either a parochial or an ethnocentric attitude okay when you understand your own culture you know that you know what I'm doing this because this is what my culture dictates me to do, okay? This is not necessarily the best way to run my business here in this particular locale, but this is what my my, my culture have taught me to do. Now, uh this happens, yeah, parochialism occurs when for instance a, a German manager yeah expects those from or in another country to automatically fall into patterns of behavior common in Germany. And ethnocentrism describes the attitude of those who operate from the assumption that their way of doing things are the best, no matter where or under what conditions these are uh, these means or these methods are applied. And companies, both large companies and small companies, have demonstrated this lack of cultural sensitivity, and in in different countless subtle ways with disastrous effects. 
and of course after you've understood after you've under, uh, after you've studied your own culture then the manager's next step towards establishing an effective uh, cross-cultural relations or cross-cultural management is to develop cultural sensitivity is to develop cultural intelligence you know as we have uh, of course as as I've mentioned earlier and international managers do not only uh, must not only be aware of the cultural variables and their effects on behavior in the workplace but these managers must also be uh, must also be appreciative of the cultural diversity and should understand how to build constructive working relationships anywhere in the world this is the challenge okay ladies and gentlemen let me take a small break i'll help you through the challenge but let me take a small break first stay tuned to i radio um Hi Radio OU, I'm roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to the cross-culture management segment with me, DJ Hanim. Today we're exploring the role of culture in management, okay? And of course, when we talk about the role of culture in management, we are also exploring, you know, what the managers can do to manage the different cultures that perhaps fall under the organization. We're not talking about working culture. We're not talking about the corporate culture alone. We're talking about the culture of within the society or within the country where the organization or where the company is operating in. Now, most managers in multinational corporations fall under one of two categories when it comes to uh, dealing with culture in management. There's those who deny that culture is an issue and they, therefore they refuse to talk about cultural differences because they worry that it will drive their companies or their, their workforce, their, their multicultural workforce apart. And then there are those who are afraid to tackle the issue. They know there's an issue when it comes to intercultural uh, management, intercultural dealings. Yeah, They know that they, there is an issue, but they are too afraid to tackle the issue. They are too busy with more important issues or they are clueless as to where to begin. Okay, so let me help you with the challenge of understanding cultural diversity, of of uh, developing your cultural intelligence, and to be culturally sensitive. Okay, that basically there are four vital areas to look at when a multinational company is assessing its approach to manage a given culture. The first is that there are certain consequences when culture is not managed. And these might be lack of timely information sharing. Sometimes it's derogatory uh, name calling of cultural others. There's also inability to enter a new market, even loss of market share. There's lack of trust between the organization and its cultural counterparts. There's the inability to recruit recruit and retain quality employees there's also the consequences of low productivity etc 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 and basically this will reflect negatively on the bottom line which is not a happy place to be in when you are running a business so for example one u.s based uh, multinational corporation suffered a high turnover rate in several countries from both relocated American expatriate managers and locally recruited managers. And uh, American expats, yeah, American expatriates returned to the U.S. prematurely and they left some, uh, some even left the company. 
and none had received any preparation about the impact of cultural differences on their jobs or on their lives. And local managers complain of a lack of timely information from the U.S. HQ and oppose the U.S. company way of dealing with customers. Again, there's no, uh, there's not, uh, I mean, the 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 quote from Professor Gert Hofstede, yeah, there is not necessarily one right way of doing things. There might be two or three, and it's not necessarily the first way is wrong, the second way is right. It's just different ways of doing the same things. Okay, now there are also other areas. There are four areas as I mentioned earlier. But let me take a small break. I'll come back with the next three areas where you need to pay attention to when you are assessing your approach to manage a given culture. Stay tuned to iRadio OUM. iRadio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to iRadio OUM. Okay, we are in the cross-culture management and today we're taking a look at the role of culture in management, relationship of culture and management. Okay, before the break, I shared with you... Uh, I was going to share with you the four vital areas to look at when a multinational corporation, when an international manager is assessing the company's approach to manage culture, to manage cultural differences. Now, I've shared with you the first area. Now, let's take a look at the second area where certain common defenses that are being used to justify refraining from managing a culture. Now, uh, some management will say if we focus on differences, it will di- drive us apart. Or some managers uh, say that cultures don't matter. We're all human and we all have the same goal. Or um, some managers even say that language is the only ba- barrier. If we speak their language, I'm sure there would be no misunderstandings. If I become too effective in this culture, you know, uh, or, or, or another, another person might say, you know what, if I am too effective in this culture, I run the risk of being alienated from the home office, etc. All these misconceptions when it comes to culture. And the argument that all people are motivated by the same thing was actually dispelled in the company that insisted all salespeople be compensated on the US model of 50% commission and 50% salary. And when we talk about this, yeah, uh, this happening uh, in the Asian countries, this is not a happy place for the workers to be in, okay? The Japanese wanted 100% salary and the eventual compromise was 80% salary and 20% commission. Still, the Japanese sales staff was so demotivated that sales volume and market share eroded. And after three years in this particular company, the Americans accepted the original 100% salary compensation. And this delay in trusting the local Japanese managers cost the U.S. companies hundreds of millions of dollars in lost revenues. So it's, it's not the same. People are not motivated by the same thing. They are motivated by different things. Okay. And the next area that you need to look at when, uh, when assessing your approach to uh, cross-cultural management is where international business managers have to possess the necessary attitudes and skills for managing culture. You need to be open uh, to clarifying with your colleagues the assumptions, the, the expectations and behaviours you consider common sense. Are they the same? You need, to have, uh, you need to be willing to break some rules considered to be sacred 
at the headquarters and you need to be willing to learn management and communication skills that are effective in the target culture and practice them. Again, an example in Japan, yeah? Japanese cooperation with extensive US operations devoted one year to developing a set of values for doing business in ways that respected both cultures. And this blending of values resulted in a synergy that improved operations, management employee relations, recruitment and customer service. So it actually worked out for the best. And the last a vital area to look at when assessing uh, your the, uh, assessing your approach to uh, cultural management, cross-cultural management, is that you need to see the benefits from managing the different cultures, the diverse cultures. An international manager will develop allies among the local managers. Yeah, the international manager will enjoy a successful term as a leader in a foreign country or on a project in which the manager will be dealing with managers from other countries and eventually the multinational corporation will increase its market share and everybody's happy. So you see, the opportunities to put these ideas into practice are many and you know that the benefits of managing cultural differences compared to the consequences of not managing them should convince all of us to deal wisely with cultural issues. I hope I've convinced you and I hope you've had an informative hour. That's all I have to share with you today. I have to say goodbye for now, but stay tuned to our Radio OUM. More interesting segments are up ahead.